Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, you know it's Taz and Moose. You know it's Taz and Moose. Hey. All right, it's Taz and the Moose with you here on this Wednesday morning. Coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Who found a better way to mortgage so you can focus on making your new house home? Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get mortgage. Coming up later on this hour, it's our little Yankee baseball. Sweeney Murdy covers the Yankees for WFAN in New York. We'll join Andrew and myself. That's coming your way a little about 20 minutes from now. Here we go, the three. It is now time for the three. We get you caught up on the three biggest headlines of the day with Taz and the Moose. Number one. The Nationals are going to the World Series. Ah, yes, they are. After sweeping away the lifeless cards, beating them in game four last night down in our nation's capital. 7-4, your final Corbin. 12 strikeouts over five innings. Did allow those four runs. Jump out on top of St. Louis 7-0 in the bottom half of the first inning. Did to the cards what the cards did to the Braves in game five of the NLDS. They scored 10 in the first inning, but still, you know what I mean. Uh, And uh, dominant starting pitching. It's kind of like the Washington Nationals, and they've got no other choice because the bullpen's a disaster. Uh, They've got maybe three guys that they can rely on in that bullpen if you're Dave Martinez. But they've gone back to the old school playoff format, right? Dominant starting pitching. We'll get to, you've seen that in the ALCS with Verlander and Cole. And you saw that here in the NLCS, I mean, over and over again, right? You look at Annabelle Sanchez, game one, took a no-hitter into the eighth. Game two, Max Scherzer took a no-hitter into the seventh out in St. Louis. Nats won both of those games. Come back home, Washington. Uh, you know, the Nationals home Strasburg game three start. He was dominant going up against the almighty Jack Flaherty uh, for the St. Louis Cardinals. Strasburg was brilliant. And then down three games to none, Corbin little to no pressure on him because the Nats were winning that series, whether they won game four, game five, game six, or game seven. If it should ever have got there, the Nats were going to win that series. It ends in a sweep, and Corbin last night, once again, was dominant, even though he gave up for those four runs. To have 12 strikeouts in five innings, pretty impressive. And I think they were 10 in the first four innings, which is yep. something no one's ever done before in the postseason. Then he gave up the first earned runs a national starter has given up in this series. He was good enough. Uh, he did not match the other three guys, but he was good enough last night to make that early offense stand up. And then the bullpen did the rest, an inning for Rainey. Uh, and then what was it, five outs for Dew, Doolittle, and four for Hudson, who got the biggest out of the game. Because as ugly as that first inning was, Moose, and it was 7 nothing Nationals, they didn't score again. All of a sudden, it's 7-4, and a couple of good at-bats. The Cardinals load the bases in the eighth. They have yep. kept Matt Carpenter on their bench as a pinch hitter. In he comes. Daniel Hudson comes in, and a ground out to second base, and an easy 1-2-3 ninth in the Nats are in the World Series. The Nats are in the World Series, and uh, for them, um, you know, they took the they took the strong, uh, the, the long route. Uh, a lot of postseason failure, a lot of different managers, personnel changes. 
Uh, people thought this year, you know, you lose Bryce Harper to free agency in the offseason. What could you expect? They're 19 and 31 through the first 50 games. Everyone's firing Dave Martinez. This year is going to be a disaster. They're able to battle back from that, be the first wild card team, uh, you know, the number one or two wild card teams in the National League. Um, and then come back from 3-1 down against the Brewers in the wild card game. 2-1 down to the Dodgers in the best of five series. Best team in the National League, L.A., was in the regular season. Uh, in the divisional series, 3-1 down in game five before the back-to-back home runs, back-to-back pitches from Kershaw in the eighth inning, win that game in extras, and then sweep away the cards. I mean, you want to talk about a run. I mean, if you believe in baseball gods, hmm. if you believe in, you know, it's you know kismet, it's our year, then you believe there's nothing stopping the Washington Nationals because of what that organization has gone through. And I understand you pointed out earlier in the show, Bogus, some of it their own doing, uh, but some of it not so much. Uh, this team is on such a run right now that it's hard to believe that they... I know that whoever comes out of the American League is going to be the betting favorite. It's hard to believe the Washington Nationals don't have a, a really good chance of winning the World Series. The the, the layoff, though, is going to be an issue. We discussed sure. it with, with Jim Leland, who lived it twice and, and didn't really seem to know exactly how to handle it. We'll see what Dave Martinez does uh, for basically six days. Game one of the World Series, no matter what, is to, is Tuesday. And today is Wednesday. So they got a long way to go here. I don't think they'd want to play game one of that series today, but they probably would take, like, Friday. Tuesday's a long way away. Now, it it certainly helps them in terms of strategy. They can line the pitching up the way they wanted to. Guys can get rest. Guys can have rest, and they can do this again where where Strasburg and Scherzer in particular are relievers in between their starts. So that helps them, but that's a long way to go until game one playing a team that may have only played 48 hours before, which actually, I mean, that's now your, that's your hope for the Nationals, is that this ALCS goes as long as possible. Correct. So whoever wins it shows up in game one spent, and maybe that negates your rust. Uh, No doubt about it. And, you know, I do think it helps out, as Leland pointed out yesterday, you know, the Nats are the best uh, two-strike hitting team in all of Major League Baseball. Yeah. But it also... The hitters, it doesn't help because you want to get back in the batter's box. If you're swinging the bat well, Howie Kendrick was the NLCS MVP. You know, you want to, you don't want to take a week off. However, what it does help is their greatest asset. Their greatest asset. And the reason, if you believe the Nats are going to win the World Series, you believe Scherzer, Corbin, um, Strasburg, and Annabelle Sanchez, to a lesser extent, are going to be dominant. And they're going to need rest. It's been a long year. Scherzer banged up uh, a portion of the season. The fact that they get this kind of rest and those starters get that kind of rest because they're going to be heavily leaned upon because the Nats can't win a bullpen series. I don't even think the Nats can win an offensive series. I don't think the offense is good enough. They're going to need their pitchers to maybe not be as dominant as they were against the Cardinals, but they're going to need them to be really, really, really good. Yeah, I mean, it's going to help that they're going to be in places to hit. I mean, I I, I would like hitting in Houston. Um Regardless of the pitchers, I just would like to hit in that building. Uh, and then you've got the Yankee Stadium dimensions and the big gaps. I mean, there's room to score runs at Yankee Stadium as well. But I but I, I agree that for them to win four out of seven against one of these AL teams, it's going to be a lot of 3-2, 4-2 games. Yeah, and so they punched their ticket. Good for Washington. And those fans, I'm sure, are celebrating. That team probably right now is still celebrating as we speak. All right, next. Number two. Garrett Cole silences the Yankees. Houston now with a 2-1 to series lead. Yeah, they do. As uh, We'll see if Game 4 gets played later on tonight. If you're not in the tri-state area and you're listening on Sirius XM Satellite Channel 206 or one of our great affiliates uh, that uh, pick up our show each and every morning, 
A lot of rain is in the forecast. It's supposed to hit the New York area right around 3 to 4 o'clock Eastern time in the afternoon. They're looking at as a potential of 1 to 3 inches of rain. Uh, you know, 20 to 30 mile an hour winds. I mean, it's going to be a nasty day later on today. And that rain's supposed to continue well through the uh, window to play game four later on tonight. I'll tell you this. Nobody at that ballpark last night expects a game to be played tonight. Yeah, so I, uh, I think Moose, the hope was that maybe the rain would blow through fast enough that they even if they had to start the game at like 930 and they could at least get it in today and keep the calendar correct. But that doesn't seem possible. Well, and especially with the amount of rain you're talking about. I don't care what kind of drainage system you have. If you're getting two inches of rain. Yeah, um, in like a six-hour window, too. That is that is difficult to overcome. Right. That really is for any, for any modern-day field. Now, last night or yesterday afternoon into the evening, I mean, that game went a while. A while. That game started at 4 o'clock. It ended at what time? 7.44, right? It was very close to 8 because there was almost no right. downtime between games. Correct. So, I mean, it was nearly a four-hour baseball game. Uh, I guess that was pretty quick for these two teams as <laughs> compared to the, the first two games, especially the five-hour affair you saw Sunday night. Garrett Cole wasn't great, but he was great when he needed to be. And what I mean by that is he walked five guys. The Yankees had two men on in three of the first five innings. They had bases loaded in one inning. They could not come through with a big-time hit if their life depended on it. And it wasn't just one guy coming up where he's wearing the goat horns here, Andrew. Uh, it was a multiple of guys that, that could have come up with a big hit. And then, you know what? When Garrett Cole needed to bear down and make a big-time pitch, he made a big-time pitch. Whether you got a strikeout, a pop-out, a ground-out, what have you, he made that big-time pitch when he needed to. What's going to bother the Yankees is Verlander and Cole were not quintessential Verlander and Cole in Game 2 and Game 3, and the Astros still won. They scored seven runs in game one, Moose. Things looked good. They've scored three on two homers in 20 innings since then. And, yeah. the, and this is what they're supposed to be about. They're supposed to be about offense, which is supposed to overcome whatever deficiencies they have right now in their starting rotation and in their bullpen because the bullpen remains the strength. And I think on paper, they have the better bullpen than the Astros. But I don't think that Aaron Boone can use Adam Adovino again in, a, in an actual leverage situation in this series. Agreed. It's just it's just not right. It's not working. And you can't keep giving him. I mean, I was I was listening to the game uh, at that point last night, driving home from a, from a soccer game. And when John Sterling and Susan Waldman said that Adovino was coming in, down to seventh inning, they cannot allow another run. And it's Springer and Altuve. And Springer jumped him for a home run in game two. I yep. couldn't believe that he was coming into the game there. No, and he came into the game, got the Yankees into trouble, and then Britain couldn't get him out of it. Bounced a couple sliders. Yeah. One of them should have gotten past Sanchez, hit the home plate umpire. The next one did get past Sanchez in a bases-loaded scenario. Third run scores. That is uh, uh, Altuve running home from third. Got runners move up, sack fly later. All of a sudden, what was a 2 nothing game, all of a sudden is a 4 nothing game. And it felt really good if you're a Houston uh, Astros fan. Uh, here is Garrett Cole talking about uh, another strong performance last night uh, out in the Bronx. Felt like I was crisp coming out of the coming out of the gate, and then faltered a little bit with the command, uh, a little bit self-inflicted. But once again, just boiled down to, to making some good pitches under pressure, getting fortunate on the DD ball, um, and uh, and um, you know playing some good defense. Um, towards the end of the ballgame. Yeah, and certainly for his manager, A.J. Hinch, he's happy to be on the Cole train. 
he's the best pitcher in baseball right now. I mean, we, you know, his competition is is right next to him in the in the clubhouse, and um, they're certainly a good pair. Watch what Strasburg's doing. I see what Scherzer's doing. Degrom in the city. I mean, it's there's a lot of big names, but obviously I'm biased to, to my guys. Well, he should be. Uh, how about for Aaron Boone, the Yankees manager? Certainly, they had opportunities last night. Uh, a, t- a big fat tough L. It's obviously a little frustrating. We weren't able to break through with them, but I think. You know, up and down, we gave ourselves a chance. And, and anytime you're facing a guy like that, you know, you want that kind of traffic. And, and we had that in several innings. Yeah, they did. Unfortunately, they could not come through with the big hit. Here's Aaron Judge. It just takes that one swing to kind of get us rolling and, you know, kind of break through. But we just weren't able to get that big hit. You know, I had a, I had a situation, I think, maybe in the third or fourth where I had two guys on and, and wasn't able to come through. So it's, you know, this is the postseason. You got to come through in those situations. Yeah, and if you want to see who the Yankee best hitter is, Watch the game and watch the replay and watch Gary Cole and how he approached Glaber Torres uh, because he did not want to throw Glaber Torres anything near home plate. I mean, on multiple times up at the plate. You want to talk about a guy that was careful with a hitter? You saw Garrett Cole, as good as he was, he did not want to give Glaber Torres anything to hit. Moose, I, I love lineup construction. Uh, you know, where should guys hit? How do you just break up lefties? I love it. I, that would, that's, would be my favorite thing to do as a manager was making the lineup every yep. single day. I would learn cursive so I could do the fancy scorecard <laughs> in, the, uh, in, the, in the dugout. I don't understand why Glaber Torres is batting fifth in the Yankee lineup. He's yeah. got to be in the top three. He's got to get more at-bats. He's got to protect somebody or have somebody protect him, whether he goes second and Judge goes to third or he bats third after Judge. This is not 1984 anymore. That He's, he's, he's almost wasted in the five spot because it just takes longer to get to him, and they need him up as much as possible right now. Don't disagree. Totally agree. We'll get into that with Sweeney Murdy as well uh, coming your way about 10 minutes from now. All right, next. Number three. The Rams acquired Jalen Ramsey from the Jaguars. Yes, he's expected to pass his physical. He's over that back injury <laughs> um, down in Jacksonville that kept him out the last uh, two, three games for the Jaguars. Uh, had the heart-to-heart with Shad Khan, uh, the Jaguars owner. Uh, and now uh, October 29th was the NFL trade deadline. And Jalen Ramsey got two big corners getting traded yesterday. Marcus Peters. Uh, gets traded from the Rams to the Ravens, and the Ravens definitely need secondary help, as we've all witnessed. Uh, and then you knew there was going to be a secondary move from the Rams, especially with Aqib Tlaib going on IR. Who do they get? They give up a first-round pick in 2020, a first-round pick in 2021, a fourth-round pick in 2021. That all goes down to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and Jalen Ramsey is headed out to Los Angeles. And for a win-now team, the Rams are a win-now team that seem to offensively be sputtering a little bit coming off that 49er game in which they got their rear end kicked. They needed to help defensively at the cornerback spot. And physically, he's not the Gilmore up in New England's the best cover corner in the NFL. Uh, he has been unbelievable this year for the Patriots. In terms of a pure physical talent at the cornerback spot, I don't think there's a more physically gifted corner in the NFL than Jalen Ramsey. No doubt. Now, the, the first tweets I saw in response to this trade were people, you know, like complaining that Jalen Ramsey won this kind of staring contest with the Jaguars. And I, I, I understand where those come from, but I, I got no time for that conversation. I know, like, it's just, it's like complaining that guys make too much money. Like, yeah. it, this is, it's just the nature of the business now. You know, he's got to go out there, and at, at all costs, these guys, especially in the NFL, the way contracts work, you got to protect yourself. And whether he's to blame, they're to blame, they share the blame, 
he wanted out. Could he handle it better? Sure. But, like, I don't know. It's a waste of time to be making fun of him or condemning the Jaguars for giving it. At some point, the team just has to eat this. Like, And, and they get two first-round picks back. So, they in the end, they kind of win here. Like, obviously, you'd want him to stay there. You'd want things to be happy. You'd want him to play. You'd want him to not maybe, you know, exaggerate a back injury. You don't want all of the negative. But it's just the way things are now. When relationships break down, guys put their foot down. And it makes sense for everybody for him not to play because you don't want to jeopardize, you know, the you know, what he actually is in terms of trade value. So it's not it's not ideal, but it's just it's going to keep happening. So I feel like you're wasting your time now if you're like mad at the Jaguars that they gave in and traded Jalen Ramsey. Well, yesterday. they got no other choice. I mean, they really don't. Ramsey, I know he returned to practice earlier in this week. He found a little bit of a loophole to not play for the Jaguars. He got what he wanted. He used the leverage that he had. So be it. I mean, it is what it is. And listen, the Jaguars didn't sell them at ten cents on the dollar. No, they got what they were looking for as yeah. well, and which and we didn't more. think they could probably get. Right, you know, but what they had was just as the Miami Dolphins found a a desperate team in the in the Houston Texans in the Laramie Tunsil deal. Right when remember when Laramie Tunsil walked in the room down in Miami and saw the parameters of the deal, and he said, "Listen, I'd make that deal." Uh, if that's what you're going to get back from me. I mean, as the story goes, down there in South Beach, and the Dolphins ended up trading Laramie Tunsil to the Houston Texans. You look at it for the, for, the, for the Los Angeles Rams, they're a desperate team. Coming off a Super Bowl loss, the window is open. They're highly invested in guys whose prime of their careers are right now. They're looking to win right now. They're not playing particularly well defensively, and they've got arguably the most talented, physically gifted corner in the NFL available. You know, that's why that leads to, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures, and the Rams decided to go all in on this year. They don't have a contract extension worked out for Jalen Ramsey, but they're trying to get back to the Super Bowl, and they realize as a franchise we are not good enough in that secondary to get where we wanted to go. Let's go get Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, it doesn't solve all their problems by any extent. I mean, the offense is just not where it needs to be right now, but you put a guy like that on your team, and it helps across the board because maybe there's a turnover that gives the offense a short field and an easy chance at some points here. And at the, you know they've they've got some other injuries on defense as well. So you put him in there, he can do so many different things. The price tag is huge. No extension. There are some negatives, and he can be a jerk. It seems like. But I'd want Jalen Ramsey on my team. So there you have it. Your three big storylines here on this Wednesday morning. Jalen Ramsey's now a Ram. Marcus Peters is now a Baltimore Raven. Uh, the Washington Nationals have punched their ticket to the Fall Classic. They've now got a week off after sweeping away the Cardinals in the National League Championship Series. And the Yankees are down two games to one to the Strohs after a nice Garrett Cole performance. Game three yesterday afternoon. We'll see if game four plays tonight. Uh, and if the weather does hold off, where the latest reports are, it will not. Yeah, and I think that helps the Astros now because they don't need to do their bullpen game tomorrow. I think they say they will, but you can bring Granky back on regular rest for game four with a chance to go up 3-1 going back to Houston. I think yeah. you got to do that. And it seemed to be that uh, that Boone uh, hinted on the fact that there's a rain out. They're going to roll Tanaka back in game which they, four. Which they have to. Yeah. We'll get into more of that. Sweeney Murdy is going to join Andrew and myself. Covers the Yankees for WFAN. That comes your way next. It's Taz and Moose on a Wednesday morning CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. 
You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. And CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. You know where it is at. 855-212-4227. Brought to you by Geico. Great news. Quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on that car insurance. We'll talk a little Yankees baseball, ALCS that's coming your way here momentarily. Sweeney Murdy covers the Yankees for WFAN. In New York, we'll join Andrew and myself, but Bogus has got the info you need to know here on this Monday. What's going on, Andrew? Moose, it is all sponsored by Progressive Insurance. This year, Progressive celebrates seven years and over 700 cars given to veterans, giving thanks by providing independence for those who protect it. Learn more at keystoprogress.com. The Washington Nationals failed on their first four tries to reach the NLCS. They finally made it this October, then raced right through it. A four-game sweep of the Cardinals with last night's 7-4 home win. Ryan Zimmerman was around for all that failure, which is now a positive. We've had some chances and couldn't come through, and I think a lot of those failures kind of taught us and pushed us to get to where we are now. The Nats scored all their runs last night in the first inning. Patrick Corbin struck out a 12 over 5. Daniel Hudson got a four-out save, which began with getting pinch hitter Matt Carpenter to ground out with the bases loaded in the eighth. 36-year-old Howie Kendrick chosen as MVP. Five hits, four doubles, three RBI in the series. Now the Nats wait for an opponent. Game one of the World Series, not until Tuesday in an AL park. The Astros with a 2-1 lead on the Yankees thanks to yesterday's 4-1 win in the Bronx. Garrett Cole, not necessarily Garrett Cole, but kept the Yankees off the board through seven. He allowed four hits and walked five, left all nine on base. We think probably not a game four this evening. But we should know that sooner rather than later. Moose, back to you. All right, let's welcome aboard and get more into that ALCS. Uh, Astros with that two games to one lead, as you just mentioned, Andrew. Let's welcome aboard Sweeney Murdy. He's been covering the Yankees for a long time, WFAN locally in New York. He does a great job of doing it. Hey, Sweeney, Andrew and Mark with you. Thanks for a couple minutes this morning, bud. Yeah, no problem, fellas. How are you doing today? Uh, doing well, Sweeney, and, and a lot to get into when you look at this series. I... I you know, the, the thing I, I, that, you know, watching the, the first three games, I think that would probably bother Boone a little bit is, you know, Verlander and Cole, as hittable as those guys potentially are, you know, they were gettable here in, the, in games two and three respectively, and the Yankees just could not come through with that big hit, especially yesterday afternoon in the first five innings. Yeah, I think uh, I think both games, if you look at the number of base runners they put on respective to what Verlander and Cole allow uh typically you know the yankees out out did that they put more runners on base against them and you're right you know you know what's missing what's you know they they scored two runs against those guys and it was a two-run homer by aaron judge they had a mistake over the fence um you know for all the all the uh fuss about you know how the yankees score in the postseason or what they need to do they're hitting for a higher average than the astros they're striking out fewer times than the astros they're not scoring as many runs as the Astros. Why is that? You know, the uh, the home run ball has certainly uh, played a part of it. Uh, I thought Cole yesterday, you know, they did exactly what they needed to do against Garrett Cole. They just, that one time they needed to get the hit, Cole bared down and made good pitches. You know, I know people were getting on Didi Gregorius swinging at the first pitch. I'm not. You know, they were not chasing against, Didi, uh, against uh, Garrett Cole. They walked five times when he threw pitches in the zone they swung at them. That's what you're supposed to do. Unfortunately, they didn't. Uh, they didn't find holes, and the one that Didi hit the second time up landed about two feet too short for the Yankees, or else it's a different result. I thought the approach against Cole was exactly what they needed to do 
that final big hit just never came. Sweeney, how do you expect today to to play out in terms of a timeline for Major League Baseball making a decision on, on Game 4 tonight? Yeah, I don't know. I hope it's early, Andrew, that so that nobody is inconvenienced. Uh, <laughs> but I, um, you know, as as I'm sitting here now, and I I'm about you know 60 miles north of Yankee Stadium, it's sunny right now. Now I know I know the rain is coming. I think we all know the rain is coming. But I think that you know they are you know I think baseball has been pretty good in the postseason situations here about making sure it doesn't linger too long. So um, hopefully at some point early today uh, we find out. Uh, that you know, if it is indeed being called off, then then that you know, hopefully we find out early. And then, how does the rain out? Is there a winner, so to speak, in this rain? If there is no game today, who benefits more from waiting till tomorrow for Game Four? In your mind? Well, you know, the Yankees benefit in Game Four, and the Astros benefit in Game Five <laughs> because they could bring back Verlander uh, uh, on regular rest uh, for Game Five. So I think that part. Um, you know, you kind of just kind of wait to see. The Yankees are still going to have one of these games. It it just likely gets pushed back to uh, gets pushed back a day um, because you can bring back Tanaka and Paxton for four and five, um, but you're still going to have a situation for Game Six if that's the case. So, um, really, just you know how the how the uh, ball falls, I guess, in in Game Four, no matter which way it goes, then you'll see uh, who's behind the eight ball. You know, Sween, uh, a couple of guys. Number one, Adovino Can here. I use more cliches right there? Yeah, no, you, you hit them all. I one mean, day at a time. I mean, you, you hit them all, Sweeney. It was a nice job uh, of working them all mm-hmm. in right there. And, and, Sold up know. the Yahtzee card on cliches. <laughs> <laughs> what about Adovino, uh, who, you know, did not really pitch all that well in the month of September, you know, has has not pitched that well here uh, in, in the postseason. What about, you know, Boone leaning on him here moving forward as this series goes along? Yeah, I think, you know, you're looking for swings and misses, and you're facing a team that doesn't swing and miss a lot. So uh, he's getting some balls put in play. He's nibbling a little bit with – I shouldn't even say nibbling. You know, I talked to him earlier in the year. You know, he he walked uh, a, a number of guys earlier in the year that seemed a bit unsettling. And I remember asking him about it, and he's committed to these sliders that are just off the plate. And if guys are taking him, he's coming back to that pitch – um, I think we saw that with Nelson Cruz in the division series when he walked him the two times that he faced him, and it wasn't for being wild. It was um, it was just being committed to that pitch just off the plate, and Cruz not biting on it. Um, if what you saw, you know, the two hits he gave up in the first game, you know, one of them was the bouncer up the middle that Didi Rorius and Glaber Torres are staring at each other, and it goes up the middle. He, that was a double play ball. Yesterday, he threw a double play ball. Unfortunately, the runner was moving, and Torres vacated the spot. So he ends up in that situation. Um, I, I don't think it's the same situation as um, Dellen Batanzas two years ago. In the ALCS, I thought he was going to be counted on a lot, but by that time, Joe Girardi, it was pretty clear, wasn't going to put him in the same situation. They lost some faith in Dellen at that point in the big spot, and they moved away from him. Um, I'm not getting the feeling yet that the uh, that Aaron Boone is leaning towards getting away from Adam Adovino, uh, but you know, you're, I don't know where else he goes um, to get those outs. Um, you know, Chad Green is obviously very important here, and if there's a rain out here, you know, he gets put into play here probably for games four and five again, um, and then you just kind of wait and see if you need him beyond that. But I could see, if you're going to do anything, I could see maybe Chad Green, who is a little bit more of a strikeout guy, trying to go in those situations. But I think when you're, 
when you are removing your starters as early as you are, you're relying on every one of those guys. And I don't know how you get around Adovino in a situation here, especially with all the right in the bats the Astros throw at you. Sweeney, whenever there is a game four, where do you expect Glaber Torres to be in the Yankee lineup? Because Moose and I both think he should probably be, be higher than five right now. You know, I talked to another um, major league manager last night uh, after the game, and he said he would move Torres to second and drop Judge to third and put some traffic, try to get the, uh, some traffic on in front of Judge. Um, that's, not a, that's not an alignment the Yankees have tried yet this year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, actually, the idea of it sounds pretty good. Um, I, would, I would think that there's a possibility that you do that. You know, the idea of separating the left-handers, it sounded funny because the Astros don't have any left-handed pitchers, but they do have some righties that have really big splits, like Ryan Presley. Um, so you're playing for that situation. Although, you know, I could argue in a situation with Garrett Cole, you know, he's going deeper into that ball game. You know, it's not like you're facing, you know, five different uh, pitchers coming out of the, you know, coming out of the Astros bullpen. So I can make an argument there where I would stack the lineup to face that starting pitcher. When you're facing the Berliner and Cole, it's not necessarily the matchups uh, as much. But, um, yeah, I could see, I could see a situation here where you try to take advantage of that. Uh, Torres has certainly put together some really, strong at bats yesterday for sure against Cole. Yeah, he certainly did, and Cole clearly was pitching him very, very carefully. How about Stan here with this quad injury? Um, you know, say, you know, I mean, obviously it's different if there's a game tonight, but if we go on the idea that tonight's game does get rained out, would you be surprised if, if Stan's, I mean, um, one way or the other, I mean, would you be surprised if Stan's not in the lineup in game four? If he's not, no, I'm, no, I wouldn't be. I mean, I think they're just trying to buy themselves some time and seeing what happens here. How, you know, if he can heal and play for them, um, he obviously took good at bats against Greinke, um in in Game One. Um, you know, Hicks when Hicks plays, and you know, I see no reason Hicks shouldn't be playing the next couple of days. Your your bench is a lot different, and Maben is only there to to come in to run. Maybe you have a chance to run for either Sanchez or Encarnacion, and you have a chance to do something there if you need the speed at a particular point in time. Um, if you're playing Stanton, then you kind of need both Hicks and Mabin, and you, you uh, maneuver that way. So I don't think that they're ready to make the decision as far as pulling the plug on Stanton and saying, okay, you're not going to play if we move on, you're out for the rest of the season. Um, but, you know, that's kind of what they're kind of playing with there. And if there's no game today, I don't have to make a decision on that yet either. Sure. Another day and kind of see, you know, see how, how he is. Well, let me ask you this, Winnie. Would they ever think about the idea, uh, you know, I know he's hitting clean up last night, and he looked a little bit better at the plate yesterday against Cole, but would they ever think about the idea of putting Stan in as DH and taking Encarnacion out of the lineup or moving Encarnacion to first and moving LeMahieu over to third? No, I don't think they would. I think uh, I, I think they're committed to that defensive alignment okay. with uh, LeMahieu at first for sure. Because remember, the Astros are the team that doesn't strike out as much and they put the ball in play. So, and if you notice how good the defense has been for the oh, it's been great. over the course of the series, um, uh, and even in the last series, uh, I think it's a credit to the coaching staff too because you notice how many times the Yankees are in the right, exact right position. Uh, every, you know, with the exception of that ball that uh, the hit and run uh, single yesterday, uh, they're in the right spot every single time. So defense, I think, is important for the Yankees here, um, which is why I don't think you'd put Encarnacion up there. And I think Encarnacion, you know, um, 
I think his at bats are good enough that they they really um, appreciate what he brings there. And even if he hadn't gotten a hit until yesterday, I think that um, that they are cool with him in that spot. So I I don't think that you um, you don't, don't think, think they would take Carnacion out of the lineup for standing okay. spot. No, I think those two stay where they are. Gotcha, Sweeney. I, I laugh when you brought up the Yankee defense, not because your your point was wrong. It just reminded me of last night. I had happened to be in the car during the seventh inning, and John Sterling did not agree um, with. First and second for the Astro, or first and third, I guess it was, um, mm-hmm. with the infield being back. He could not believe yeah. that Aaron Boone was, was doing surprised. that. Did yep. that come up post game as to why he had that had that uh, that alignment? No, did not come up post game. I, um, yeah, I thought the same thing. I thought it was weird how they were conceding a run right there. Yeah, um, and um, and they were, and then with one out, it made more sense to me. You know, the right. corners were in. Uh, with one out, double play ball gets you out of the inning. But with nobody out, they were they were conceding a run for a double play, and I I didn't quite get that. Maybe uh, shed a little bit more light on that today, uh, but in the immediate post game, it did not come up. Yeah, that was uh, that was a little strange for me too. You know, Sweeney, you've been around this team all season long. You know, it you know it's obviously it's just a two one series deficit. You know, they've got two more in the Bronx. There's a ways to go in this series. Um, you know. Uh, but what is the general mood in terms of uh, around this team after taking two losses to Verlander and Cole? Yeah, I mean, I think that they took good approaches and put themselves in position to score some runs against these guys. I, I don't think it's a matter of like changing what they're trying to do. Sure. Um, you know, and I think it'd be different if they were blown out and you're seeing them not pitch well and not hit well. I mean, you know, the pitching hasn't, you know, for all the hand wringing over the pitching this time of year, the Yankees have pitched really well. Do you realize that when that wild pitch in the sacrifice fly scored two runs for the Astros in the seventh inning, it's the first time this postseason, and let's say that would have been 54 innings to that point, that a team scored more than one run in an inning against the Yankees. They put up zeros or one, and they haven't given up one a lot. Um, at all, they played what uh, six postseason games, and they've given up fourteen runs. Nah. You know, pitching and run prevention not a problem for the Yankees right now. They did not get a ball over the fence when they needed to. And for all the talk about oh, home runs, home runs, they could have used one of those yesterday. They could have used two of those yesterday. They yeah. also have used them early in the game. Uh, they, you know, the, as I said earlier, the Yankees have are batting from a higher average than the Astros. They're striking out fewer times than the Astros. This is, you know, so this is not about the, the uh, oh, they strike out too much and they don't hit enough home runs, or they hit too many home runs. They don't hit for enough average. They're doing all those things. They're not, they're not getting the home run ball when they need it. No, they're not. And unfortunately, you know, mad for the baseball changed the baseball for the postseason too, sweetie. <laughs> you know they did. You know they did. That ball's not flying like it did. That DD hit, I know he got a little under it, Sween. We've seen that home run. I mean, I understand that he's not going to, and Boone's not going to answer the question post game either. And he worked his way around it when he got asked that question. But if that is June or July, and I want to hear about the weather, uh, that ball is about four or five rows deep there in right field. I I thought like Didi knew he didn't get it either. You know, I don't. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I felt like he would have reacted differently if he thought he got it. 
And yeah, I mean, listen, we're we're all going to have our conspiracy theories until somebody somebody proves it to us, right? Well, they got to get those MLB scientists on it. They've been working on it for a couple of years. That's it. So, They've yeah. been working overtime. Yes, know? Ace Sween, good stuff, man. Um, and uh, thanks for the time this morning. We really appreciate it. All right, bud. All right, fellas. You thanks, Sweeney. It. There is Sweeney. <laughs> I know, I know DD didn't react, and it was going to be a wall scraper of a home run anyway, but that is a – I don't I, I don't care what anyone said. When I'm watching that game last night at SMY, when DD hits that, I think that's a Yankee Stadium home run. I was – in the air, I was prepared to be disappointed because you know me gleefully. It's 2 nothing. Things yes. are looking up, and then he makes contact. I know how close that right field fence is. It is my mortal enemy. Too many important home runs have gone over that right field fence in the, in the two – variations of Yankee Stadium that I have lived through, and I thought that was going to be another one. He needed Jeffrey Mayer out there. Uh, apparently, Yankee Stadium. people did not treat Josh Reddick well during that game last no, night. No, we'll get into field. that. Yes, we'll get into that. The undercard, stories we missed um, during today's show. That comes your way next. It's Taz of the Moose. Andrew in for Taz here on this Wednesday morning, CBS Sports Radio. This is Major League Baseball legend Frank Thomas. You're listening to Taz and Moose on the CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, it's just, it's still a good song, even though they were frauds. I mean, it's still a good song. It really is. They had a couple good hits. What was the other one that Millie Vanilli had? They blame it on the rain, then they had Girl, You Know It's True. Oh, yes. Girl, you know it's true. Girl, you know it's true, I think it's better to me. Can we get a little Girl, You Know It's True? I think it's better than Blame It on the Rain. I do think, I think Girl, You Know It's True is it's just a tad better. But a couple big-time hits. I mean, they lit up America. They really did. They lit up the world, Moose. They were uh, international pop stars. Time right now to ask the pros. Were you the listener? Get to ask us a question brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Uh, and answer that question right now. Today's question is from Dan down in San Antonio, Texas. You guys just mentioned Josh Reddick wasn't thrilled with Yankee fans. Mm. Uh, what happened? Don't forget, you can submit a question by going to cbssportsradio.com slash askthepros. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices, excellent customer service at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Parts, better parts, better prices every single day. Uh, so what happened were was Yankee fans, if I can speak English correctly, uh, Yankee fans bothered by the overturned uh, out call of Encarnacion at first, originally called safe, upon review called out, uh, tagged on the helmet uh, as he was crossing first. This happened right before the Glaber Torres home run. And I guess uh, a Yankee fan or two threw some debris onto the mm. field, one including a baseball to yeah. Reddick, who was playing right field. I mean, come on, people. We have to we have to be better than this. I mean, uh, the idea – be angry, that's fine. He was out, by the way. But be angry, I get it. You're in the stadium, hard to see. It's a big spot. You guys need base runners. You can be angry. Picking up something and throwing it on the field. No, you can't be a, doing that. Whether there's a player there or not, even if you're just you know just throwing it into space, it's one of the dumb. It, the only thing dumber to do at a baseball game is to actually jump the wall and run onto the field. Well, Throwing things is next, right? And and listen, I'm a Yankee fan, and Encarnacion was out. Well, that too. I mean, we're getting into a debate with Marash. You and I, you know, during one of the course of the breaks, Marash is like, "There's no video evidence that uh, that firmly shows, without a shadow of a doubt, that he's out." I yeah. go, "Well." You're looking at a still picture of what, after the tag happened, right? And his his head moved because he was ducking him. No, the the heel, the heel of Encarn of uh, of of Correa, Correa, 
third try, Guriel's glove yeah. gets Encarnacion on the back of his helmet. And that's it. He's out. All right, you can hit yeah, this is better than Flame Rock. If you had to rank Millie Vanilli songs, I would go, Girl, You Know It's True is better than Blame It on the Rain. I mean, that's One, fine. Two. But give me a third Millie Vanilli song is really a defeat. Now, what's, what year uh, did they, guys, what year did this come out? 80, 88, 89, 90? Yeah, about there. Right? Uh, so, song. I was telling a story. 88. 88. So, I was telling a story off. So, we had a Melusa's family vacation. Right out to California, saw a Dodger game, Padre game. Uh, my dad, my stepmom at the time, Louise, my two sisters, my older sister Kim, myself, and Paul. Right, so we went out to California, family trip, and I remember where I was. I, we were in a rental car outside, and we went to go to the USC and UCLA campus. I went. We were outside USC. We were listening to a morning show in Los Angeles. And Millie Vanilli at that time had basically, they were it. I mean, they were all over the place, cut off jeans, dreads, and everything like that. You know, obviously, you know, two good-looking guys, there's no doubt about it. I mean, they were huge stars. They did a morning show in Los Angeles. I remember sitting in the back seat. I, was all, I always got the middle, right? Middle seat. Because you're a gentleman. Right, exactly. I'm the middle child. Ooh, Millie ooh, Vanilli was getting interviewed. You. And I just remember sitting there. They played the song Blame It on the Rain. And then they came back and, like, we got, you know, world stars Millie Vanilli in studio. And they started interviewing them. I said, how the hell are these two guys? And I didn't say that. I go, how the hell are these two guys singing that song? Their German accents. I believe they were German. Their accents yes. were so thick. Like, they could barely could barely understand what they were what they were in. And they could speak English, but the accents were just so thick. I was like, how the hell are these two guys singing that song? And then they're How gone. is that humanly possible? Yep. And then basically a year and a half later, it comes out that they're frauds. So you knew. You knew. Had- <laughs> Little Moose. The Moosette. I was 12 years old at the time. The case. I just remember, I was like, because I find it always strange. When you hear like a British, when you hear somebody who's British and they've got like a thick British accent and then they're singing a song and there's no sign yeah. of that British accent in, during the course of that song. And you hear it from time to time. I mean, whether, you know, Latin American, British, Scott, you know, whatever it might be, there's no delineation of that accent. And this one was just so over the top. The accent was so thick. I was like, how are they able to sing, sing this cleanly on Girl You Know It's True or Blame It on the Rain? Apparently, we're just all idiots because everybody was in on this. It everybody. took a tape. It took us tape skipping yes. to finally figure it out. That was great when the tape skipped on them on the stage and it just yeah. keeps playing Girl You Know It's True like three, four, ten times in a row. And that's all we oh had. Oh, my God. If that didn't happen, who knows where they'd be right now. And then it happened. Who was the artist that happened on Saturday Night Live? Oh, and then she skipped off the stage. Jessica Simpson's sister, Ashley. Oh, Ashley Simpson. That's yeah. right. And then she did like kind of the two step off the stage. Right. That was really bad. That was a good time. Good song. Pete, Pete loved that. Um, that's like the third best day of Pete's life. So if you're expecting, yeah, that's exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's Pete's middle. Vanilli one, marriage number two. I mean, number two on the list, uh, and then three is Ashley Simpson's demise. Uh, update today, 1 o'clock Eastern time. By um, 1 o'clock Eastern. By 1 the, o'clock the Eastern right time, now. Major League Baseball will make an announcement in terms of whether a game goes tonight in Game 4 of the American League Championship Series in the Bronx. The weather forecast has not changed. No. Uh, heavy rain is expected. 
Uh, so I would not. I'd be stunned if we get baseball tonight. Me too. And then apparently tomorrow we're not going to have rain, but we could have some significant winds. So game four tomorrow night, especially early, could be in a different way dicey. That's true. You're right about that. And then game five. I mean, if there's a game five on Friday, they're going to not play that at eight. Or, you know, eight o'clock at night. That would have been a, be earlier. Yeah, that would have been a good question for Sweeney. Where what would game five start time be? Since there's no more day off, and they got to go to Houston for game six. You can't start it at 8, but I don't know how early you can start it. I think that game will probably be 5 or 6 o'clock. Yeah, I think 6 sounds good to me. Um, what was their third hit per second Baby Don't Forget My Number. Baby Not as popular, but still up there on there the billboard. You're trusting one tweet. No, I'm not. Oh, okay. Mike, Pete, good job. Thanks to Sweeney Murdy across the, uh, for coming on, popping on as well. Uh, Andrew, good stuff as always, brother. Till tomorrow. Moose, be safe. See you tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Till tomorrow. Peace. There's got to be a 10-second runoff here. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.